Luton Town started 2024 with a bit of a dull, boring 0-0 draw at home to Bolton Wanderers in the Cup. Nevertheless, it's a game to review and alongside me to do that is the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe. As always, not sure how much we're going to get on this, James, but you ready? <laughs> ready as I'll ever be. Let's do this. Here's the intro. Hello everyone, welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. As I said before the intro, I'm joined by the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe to reflect on Luton Town's first offer in, in the FA Cup this season. And well, James, we couldn't have got anything more wrong from that preview if we tried. We expected a completely changed side. We didn't get it. We expected a goal fest. We certainly didn't get that. But what we did get was, well, plenty of surprises, not least the team. Very, very strong for uh, FA Cup purposes, particularly when you consider the side that was put out at Exeter in the League Cup. Yeah, well, maybe they got their fingers burnt with that one, I suppose. But um, uh, the fact that there's only three games this month, well, now four because of a replay, uh, I suppose that's why they went a bit stronger and they could afford to do that. But um, yeah, I thought at the time, I thought it was a, you know, it was a good decision because you thought, yes, well, they'll, they'll get the game done and dusted. Um, and it just it just didn't turn out like that, did it? It's, um, it's a strange one, the cup. <laughs> it's a real strange one. He's achieved so much at Luton Town, hasn't he, Rob Edwards? But beating off lower league opposition, he's yet to crack that particular code, hasn't he? He's got another shot at it, unfortunately. We will have to go to Bolton. If you looked on all of the official sports sites, they're all saying it's next Tuesday at 7.45. That is not confirmed until the TV companies have picked uh, any picks. So if you're already planning on hotels or transport or anything like that, do hold out for when the TV... um, companies pick the replay who knows they might even show a non all premier league tie and maybe show bolton against luton in in the replay i doubt it i mean if they if they were watching the highlights of that nobody's picking that for the tv coverage <laughs> that's very true although if they get the same referee they'll be away quite quickly because he wasn't playing injury time for love nor money was he no, on uh, no. on sunday that's for sure um I actually thought we'd come out of the blocks really good. I was, re- I thought, yes, we, like you say, we picked a strong side. We're going to get this job done. I was thinking the way we started the game, first five, 10 minutes, I was thinking Harrogate vibes of a couple of seasons ago, just going to, you know, brush them aside and crack on. Oh dear, how wrong I was. It just did not materialize, did it? We, we were really good for the first five or 10 minutes without really creating anything. But then the game just went into a malaise, didn't it? I don't know if it was the freezing cold temperatures, the, Sunday two o'clock flatness of it, but it just much like a lot of our Premier League home games recently. That first half was a nondescript, non-event. Yeah, I mean the intensity started off really well and then just dropped off a cliff. I mean, I, I think you've also got to give some credit to Bolton as well. They they're riding high. They're in very good form. They're probably going to get promoted out of that division without any problems. Um, and they came to play, but um, yeah, they had. To, a fair amount of the ball. Um, I was surprised. I, I did look at the um, possession stats at one point midway through the, the first half and thought that it'd be a bit more even, but Luton was 64% on 
on it. So it was a strange one because they did seem to have a lot of the ball, but you know, nothing in the way of threat really. So, and then Luton didn't offer any either. And it was just a, a, a really dull start. Um, yeah, really strange one. I can't remember the last half of football that I saw that the referee just blew up at the very second it got to 45 minutes. It was almost like five minutes before Andy was counting down the seconds so that he could blow his whistle on 45. It was literally straight on. But to be fair, nothing happened, albeit, and there was so much time wasting going on that, you know, he could still have um, added some minutes. I was a little bit, I never got the impression Bolton came to win. You're right, they came to play. They came to pass the ball around and everything else. But I never got the impression they came to win. They offered nothing going forward in terms of the final third. Uh, we'd obviously picked out Dion Charles as a as someone to watch and, you know, he he, he wasn't. And they, they eventually took off their front two, didn't they, and brought another two on. Cameron Jerome, who got a really good reception, much mm-hmm. deserved. Really good reception as well, has to be said. Um, but at no point in that game did I think, well, we're going to go out the cup this afternoon. I was more thinking, can we get the goal at avoids the replay not necessarily to avoid the replay but obviously it's going to come four days five days after a trip to Burnley and you know anyone who's tackled the M6 will know that doing it once in a week is enough without doing it twice yeah I mean that was the main thing I mean the only time I thought they might get one would be the very last knock-ins when they had a couple of attacks but um, you know that's that's the sort of thing that the cup throws up usually doesn't it but not on this one I don't think the, the cup footballing gods were not blessing that game whatsoever um, yeah I mean the implications of it are the one that's probably the most difficult to take isn't it because you get less time to prepare for Burnley they've had to scrap days off <clears throat> we, we've heard maybe even a training camp they were supposed to be going on that's had to that's had to go by the wayside and that's disappointing because that game is is huge. It's such an important game. And so we'll preview that in the next podcast. But to have three less days of that to to have three less days to prepare is, is really disappointing, considering that's probably why they went with such a strong side to try and get the game done and dusted and just Yeah, it just didn't happen. There wasn't I can't can't think of too many opportunities that there were to to score. There was the Morris header in the second half, well saved, and a couple of shots from Townsend that that weren't on target. But at least he was having a go because that wasn't wasn't happening before. Um, And then you have obviously the 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 controversial incident involving Alfie Doughty. But other than that, I mean, Luton they were camped out in Bolton's half, but. If you were Bolton, you'd, you'd, you'd have felt quite comfortable, I'd have thought. Yeah, he wasn't overworked, was he, Baxter? Which was kind of handy, given the slow motion that he was um, moving in all afternoon. You're right. I thought the second half, I thought we were much better. I thought we moved the ball quicker. I thought we got Ross Barkley into the areas where we want Ross Barkley to be. And he had runners in the second half. He had no runners. It was so static in the first half. It was untrue, wasn't it? They were so easy to... Um, Sorry, we were so easy to defend against because when we did make a move, we'd stop and everyone could get back again. There was a there was a lot more rhythm to our play in the second half, albeit like you're saying, we weren't exactly banging the house down. But you know, we um, we almost take the lead in the second half. Lovely move to get Alfie Doughty in, and I'm right behind his shot, and I have to say I thought it was in. And then the bloody post just gets in the way. I mean, how often does that hit the inside of the post and goes in? Seems every time we hit the inside of the post, sodden thing pings back out at the exact same same angle, straight back to Doughty, who's absolutely wiped out knee high. And 
I mean, we've covered VAR an awful lot on these podcasts and you're kind of hoping that we weren't going to do it in the FA Cup. But you have no choice. How someone, and apparently he had an assistant to an assistant in this VAR room for this game. So there's three of them as opposed to the two. How they all look at that. There is clearly contact on Alfie Doughty's knee from every single camera angle that the BBC highlights show, and they only show about five seconds of that particular incident. But every single one of them shows that his knee is taken out. I just don't see how that can't be a penalty. If he's not brought down, the goalkeeper's still on the floor from where he died from the original shot. He's literally got to roll it in. Why would he go down? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you've ever played any football or watched any football whatsoever, you know when that ball comes off the rebound and the, the players dive to try and prevent the shot so he's he's slow to it anyway. Doughty reacts quickly and nips in first to get the, his toe on the ball beforehand. And after that, you know what's happening. That that, that You've seen it so many times. And I don't know, it's so, it's so frustrating because... We're saying the same things all the time, aren't we? We're say, we're talking about inconsistencies of of it. We're, you know, in, in outside the box, that's a free kick. Inside the box, oh, it's fifty fifty. Sometimes it won't be. Sometimes it will be. Um, and it, it just doesn't make any sense. A foul's a foul. If he's got in front and he's been impeded uh, by the player's leg, as he's he's legitimately tried to get the ball. There's nothing malicious about it. But he's just slower than Doughty, and and that always ends up as a foul. It should be a penalty. So. That should have been that should have been seen in real time by the ref, and then what? What are they doing? Why? Why are they not instructing him to go and look at that very expensive screen that nobody has ever once looked at, to my knowledge, at Kenilworth Road? If that iPad got nicked, I don't think anyone would notice it because no one's seen the bloody thing all yeah. season, have they? Mm. It's um, it's crackers. I, I'm not a huge fan of this referee. I didn't think he was particularly great when we had him against Liverpool earlier in the season. But there were two fouls in the first half, which credit to him, he played advantage on. Go back and book the guy. It's still a foul. Just because you played advantage doesn't mean to say, you know, and there was one of them that ended in Ross Barkley actually looking like he was injured at half time. He was having all sorts of attention to his heel, it looked like. And I was thinking, oh, Christ, don't you dare tell me you've done that because, you know, that could have been serious. And. I mean, the injury time is an absolute nonsense. So we had him against Liverpool. There was no stoppages in that game whatsoever. And he found seven minutes. Yeah. And this goalkeeper does not move for love nor money. And he finds three minutes when there's seven subs in the second half, a VAR check. And as I say, the goalkeeper wasn't, you know, you could have pushed fast forward on him and he still wouldn't have gone at normal speed. It was, I don't know. I, it was a crap game, but you still got to give the injury time that it's due, isn't you? It's just... It baffles me. Well, yeah, we've, you know, been in that ground having to defend like eights, nines and tens, even 11 at one point for seemingly nothing. And then the that comes along and it just, it'll, I mean, you don't want to say this, but I know somebody would be thinking it. It's almost like they want that replay to happen some for some reason. I, I, I don't know why, because, I mean, Luton, Luton finished quite well and still, still wasn't, huge amounts of threat um but you know you you give you know at least six minutes up to maybe 10 um probably wasn't 10 to be honest but six minutes yeah well if you get yeah. six against Chelsea you're definitely getting six yeah yeah and like you say I mean as, as sorry as I just said if you're getting seven against Liverpool there was no stoppages in that Liverpool game mm. was there apart from the celebrations of the two goals yeah 
There was no stoppages. I mean, it may well be that you could have put uh, three hours on there and it still would have finished nil-nil. <laughs> yeah. It's quite possible. They could still be playing now and it wouldn't happen. But it's the sort of message that you send out, really, isn't it? You know, everyone supposedly wants time wasting out of the game. That's what we were told at the start of the season when all these silly numbers were going up on the board. Well, if you want time wasting out of the game, when you have an ideal chance to penalise the time wasting... Don't effectively reward it by only putting three minutes up because he basically got justification for the time wasting in that second half. Yeah, and that's why it's so frustrating. But I mean, yeah, I think we're sort of we are clutching at straws. Yeah, we're splitting hairs. Absolutely, yeah. we're, we're 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 definitely splitting hairs. I mean, I'm not saying that Bolton didn't deserve their replay. They obviously wanted the replay from the start and they got their replay and that's absolutely fine and we'll all go up there next Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it may be and we'll try and give it a good go. It has to be said the reward isn't massively enticing, is it? To Luton, might well be enticing to Bolton, but a trip to Crystal Palace or Everton, two teams we've already beaten this season, one of which we've won at their home ground. It's not massive. I suppose a day out in London, but we've got Crystal Palace to come in the league anyway. So, um, but then, like you said, when we were watching the draw before we recorded this podcast, there isn't really anyone in there that is a good draw, is there? So, Well, this is the thing that you've got to kind of acclimatise to now, because in years gone by, um, Everton versus or Crystal Palace potential to play in the fourth round of the Cup would have been a wonderful draw because it's a Premier League team that you can conceivably would be able to beat, um, say, as a League One a championship team. But now they're peers and we've beaten them both anyway already. Surely you could have a bye if you got through. <laughs> That'd be nice. But it it doesn't hold the same appeal. But you can't have you can't have it both ways if you believe in the magic of the FA Cup. Because I saw so many people getting really up in arms on, on social media about the performance and the result and not putting it away. But the, the romance of the cup doesn't only work if your team wins. <laughs> There's another side to it, really. And Bolton, for them, getting a replay against a Premier League team and going back to their place is hugely lucrative now. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous to say now, but it's pocket change to Luton now. And so, and that's not been the case for so, so long. And I almost don't like to say it because it's not pocket change to anybody. If I had that amount of money, I'd be absolutely delighted. But, you know, Considering where they they are now and the, the money that's available to them in in the Premier League, it is that's why maybe that was that was part of the thinking. I probably wasn't, but you know, in, in if you take everything in total, do do the job, get the job done, win the game, and move on to the next. Play a strong team, and 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 that's because you know replay nowadays is not it's not like back in the day when going to Liverpool pretty much saved the club. We're not in, we're thankfully not in that world anymore, but for Bolton, that's a massive result. And so they, yeah, they didn't offer much threat. Um, And I'm sure they would have taken a win because it's a, it's a scalp, but yeah, their their, their chairman's come out and said, well, it's very lucrative to go back up to their place for for a, and that's the magic of the FA Cup for them. But the magic of the FA Cup for L- L- Luton at this point in time, there's not much of it. That it, I, st- I still believe in the FA Cup. I still want to do well. But for, L- for for Luton now, the magic of the FA Cup is going very deep into it, potentially getting to the final and winning it. You know, playing playing mid-table Premier League teams, even playing the big boys because we've played them already. 
it doesn't hold the same allure anymore, but you do a Wigan and get to the final and beat somebody, then that's still the magic of the cup. It's just the opportunities for it. Very, very small now. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely not against replays. I'm not a Thomas Frank or anything mm. like that. Uh, that co- that kind of cobblers needs to be um, nipped in the bud straight away uh, for the reasons that you just said. Lower league clubs, lifeline uh, is, a re- is a replay. And yeah, I don't hold it against Bolton. I have to admit, I expected more from them just purely because... I compared them probably to what we got from Exeter mm. earlier in the season, same position and everything else, albeit they were at home, um, Bolton were away. I just thought they would offer a little, and we mentioned their goals, didn't we, in the preview. I just thought we'd get more than what we did. Maybe that's a testament to how well we defended, though. And in line with that, you had a little bit of a say in the man of the match, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a it's been a while because we usually over in the bobber stand these days in the Premier League, but uh, because of the FA Cup and there being not that many broadcast media over there they put us back in the main stand they need to send courier pigeon over to get your votes over (laughs) over in the bobbers don't they yeah so um yeah that was a bit of a blast from the past there was one point in the second half where um chong got in the box and i saw absolutely none of it because of the old the old faithful post that used to be in the way of all my views i'd i get a perfect view in the bobbers now so um yeah i'm sort of warmed of warmed to it um not actually physically, it's quite cold up there, but um, I've warmed to sitting in the bobbers now. But yeah, because we were over in the main stand, they asked the press boys to pick it. And I was in a bit of a quandary, really, because I think that ultimately the best player on the pitch probably was Ross Barkley. Um, I mean, he wasn't as outstanding and sparkling as he was in some of the other games against the, the big teams. But He was reined in, Ross Barkley, wasn't he? It, yeah, I mean, for quality of touch and and then in the second half in particular when he was trying to drive things forward sometimes with passes sometimes with actual runs it was probably the man of the match but can't keep just going Ross Barkley it feels a bit like oh we'll just give it to Ross Barkley because he's Ross Barkley so I thought defensively Osho and Tedemengi were very good um, and that like you say probably contributed to restricting Bolton's and I, I thought of the two of them Osho did a bit more with the ball once he got it and came out and tried to play a bit more. So we we went for we went for our show. But um, yeah, I mean, you could legitimately give that to Russ Barkley, maybe even Sambi Lukonga. Yeah, uh, Sambi Lukonga would have been my choice if I was up in the press box. I thought he had a really good first half. Yeah, I have no problem with Gabe Osho, though. That run in the second half where if Eli yeah. was on the same page yeah. as him when he just nudged him through. I yeah, mean, yeah, that was, that was wonderful. Absolutely superb, that was. But yeah, I mean, he controlled the the big lad, was it? I'm going to murder his name again, Adeboyejo or something like got that. It, got it, mate, yeah. Um, he controlled him pretty well, didn't he? And, um, I mean, Charles just wasn't an impact in the game whatsoever. And, uh, yeah, that that does have to be down to our defence. I also thought Amari Bell had a good game as well, he, uh, particularly on the ball, and didn't really have a lot, yeah. an awful lot of defending to do. Do you know what? I did, I did remark, uh, I was sitting next to Mike of the news, and um, it was after Bell uh, got away from somebody in a tight, little spot by the tie line, uh, byline, sorry, where I just thought the Luton squad, particularly the ones that have come up through the leagues and he's one of them, or the be it not throughout the lower leagues, they've all vastly improved their ability on the ball. They look so much more comfortable, willing to like take a player on if they need to, even in those tight spots. And um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty good as well. You're right. And that's got to be working with the likes of Barkley and Townsend and and the players that you're coming up against, I guess. I suppose it's the only way to learn is if, you know, if the ball comes off you like 
a brick wall and it goes straight to Mo Salah or something, you're going to learn the hard way because it's in the back of your net five seconds later, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I think Amari really, really has improved on the ball. And I don't think his defensive work's anywhere near as bad as people make out now. It might have been at the start of the season, but people also have to remember that he was at the Gold Cup in the summer. I mean, this boy's basically doing 18 months without a rest, isn't he? And yeah. It's hard to do. So, um, yeah, no fair play to Amari. And he's obviously well enough thought of in the changing room because he's the captain now when Morris isn't on the pitch as well. And uh, quite rightly so. Uh, great guy, Amari. We like him. Uh, we like him a lot on this podcast. Always gives us his time. And... Um, Deserves everything that he's getting. Tahith Chong. Mm. We wanted to see a lot from him in the preview podcast. He saw a lot of the ball, but just you just wanted him to say, right, Bolton, I'm going to grab you by the scruff of the neck, figuratively, not literally, and I'm going to dominate this game in the way that he dominated Birmingham, Luton v Birmingham two, three seasons ago. But it just, when he starts, it doesn't seem to happen. No, um, yeah, I mean, he. I mean, he wasn't given the space by Bolton that Luton gave him that day when he was playing for Birmingham. But um, yeah, it was. I mean, that, I kind of give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I know it was there was a little bit of a pile on social media, people complaining about him and stuff. He was trying to be positive, and he was trying to move the ball forward and and, and go on runs, uh, and he he was getting dispossessed. That's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. The places he was getting dispossessed, it wasn't causing a major problem. It was just very frustrating and it seemed to be quite constant, particularly in the first half. Uh, and he and he wasn't having that impact that we saw whenever he comes off the bench. Because I think now, legitimately in the Premier League, when he does come off the bench, you think, oh, we've got a great chance here, whatever the score is. Um, and it just wasn't that. And it does seem to be a, a little crutch that he can't get over, really, that when he... He starts is not as good as when he comes off the bench, and you know for that reason probably his performance he'll probably be back on the bench for uh, for for Burnley. Um, but again, you know, great option to come off, but yeah, it just doesn't seem to happen at the moment. It doesn't seem to click at the moment. No, we spoke in the preview about players giving Rob selection headaches, but I don't think Chong's really done anything to or did anything. Sorry to tell us that. Townsend, who we know is motivated for Friday night anyway, uh, won't start ahead of him. And I guess that was the kind of disappointing thing. Uh, two other players that we'll reflect on. We won't talk about the sort of first teamers that played because we're going to do that so much during the course of the season. This really was a game to see what we've got. And funnily enough, as we alluded to in the preview, we thought we were going to get to see an awful lot of what we've got more than what we did. Uh, but one person that we saw, Tim Krull. I mean, to be fair, he could have sat in the empty seat next to me for much of the game. Um, <laughs> there was nothing coming his way. He didn't even have a goal kick to take. I mean, every everything that was going to go out of play, Amari Bell or Ted and Menke kept in. And um, one sort of almost calamity, wasn't it, when he come for a corner and somehow spooned it over the crossbar when he, I think he was trying to punch it clear. And uh, thankfully that went over the crossbar. But in terms of shot stopping, we found out absolutely nothing about Tim Krull. No, it was just that one instance, really. And he was probably so bored, he tried to punch something that was clearly catchable and um, got it very badly wrong and it almost ended up with egg on his face, really. But yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, there was so little coming his way. He didn't have to really do anything, and they had more 
attacked in the first half without really threatening, but in the second half, it was all in Bolton's half and he just could watch the game. Nothing happened. And that particular incident, I guess, happened in the second half when it had, it had a, nothing to do. But I mean, he's not going to depose Thomas Kaminsky, is he? That's the thing. Um, so, um, you know, an FA Cup run for the likes of him would would, be, would mean games because he's, he's just not going to. Kaminsky, Kaminsky has been such a great asset this season that um, he, he starts all day long for me. Yeah, he does. I mean, um, the only way he gets in is an injury. But mm. I mean, you don't have to look at sort of Newcastle, Chelsea. We just played them recently with their second choice goalies and goal. It does happen, goalkeeper injuries. And you kind of hope that, well, firstly, you hope that it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, you kind of hope that in the replay, Tim Krull gets a little bit more work so that, you know, he's done something because I mean even Exeter he didn't really have too much to do that night and then suddenly they scored and that was the end of that um and the other one then to talk about much more positive would be a man who I think all Luton fans want to see more of not because the team's doing badly but just because we've got such great affinity with Jordan Clark after what he did at Wembley that's not to say there's a place necessarily in the team for him because the midfield's so good but when he came on for Sambi Lakonga, the game raised up a notch or two. That's not against Sambi in one whatsoever. I thought he was brilliant, Sambi Lakonga. Um, but Clicker seemed to it, it. It just seemed to put some energy in the game. It did, and that's that's what he did all last season. Now, what he's done since he's been at Luton, he's been such a fantastic player, and he it's it's so hard for him because he gets that injury the last preseason game, and then has to sit out the first couple of months and he must have been sitting there in rehab while they're signing Ross Barkley and Sambi Laconga and thinking, oh, bloody hell, what's going on here? Because, of course, Ross Barkley's going to play. If he, At that point, we were all talking about if he could get up to the Ross Barkley we used to know again when he played for Everton, he's clearly there already. So Ross Barkley starts and Ross Barkley plays and when he does, he's inevitably the, the best player on the pitch. So it's difficult for Jordan, but when he did come on, he, he was so positive and some great touches. Um, it was sort of, it was just the, the speed at which he was doing things was a, a couple of notches more. It, it, it looked like he really, really wanted to show what he's about. Um, you know, I think he's pretty well loved by the staff anyway, so he, he doesn't have to do that. But it was a little reminder of that, you know, if things aren't quite going the right way, I can maybe come on and unpick a, a lock here or there and, and, and play really well. So, Good on him. That's what you want. Um, you know, I thought he'd get a full game, to be honest, but how wrong were we? But um, yeah, he, um, he, he he took his opportunity as, as well as could be. And that's important because obviously we're probably about a month away from Marv being fit again, let alone being up to match um, sharpness. So we need as many central midfielders as we can get. Nearly scored, didn't he, as soon as he come on. Um, just a slight nick on a shot that was goal-bound. Actually, Sambi nearly scored in the first half, didn't he? I wasn't aware that he had a shot on him, but he bent one uh, that just missed the post in that first half. It was absolutely cracking shot. Uh, his predecessor, Marv, he's not here for shooting, but Sambi's going to no. have a go. <laughs> I mean, the, Lewin did work quite a few opportunities where you probably could have had a shot from... Um, uh, 18, 20 yards and they didn't, they were looking for a pass Perfect out goal. wide and it's just, it, I, I think that probably contributed to the malaise a bit. If you have a couple of shots, you know, you, you'd hope they'd go on target, but say they just blaze over just a little bit, not too far. If they're decent shots, it raises the temperature a little bit, doesn't it? And makes you think that something's going on. But it, it yeah, I don't think Luton are in that position where they can like 
pass it around for waiting for the opening Man City style or Arsenal or Wenger's uh, era. I think they've got to have a bit of a bit more of a pop era there. But I mean, if you look at the Premier League stats, the shot accuracy is quite low. So maybe that contributes to it. But I mean, you've got to start somewhere and they were creating a lot of those openings. And I mean, even the the, the crowd was saying shoot to whoever, to whoever got it. And it took until really Townsend to come on to have a couple of them. And you know, he's not afraid of shooting to sort of show what could be done because they were, no, defending quite deep, prepared to let Luton have it, really. So, um, you know, if you can't go through them, have a shot. Yeah, indeed, yeah. You need something to raise the temperature, because that was bloody cold. And I'm <laughs> yeah. not someone who feels the cold, but that was pretty um, cold. Uh, we've spoken about Jordan Clark. Uh, let's hear from the man himself, because James caught up with him after the game. And uh, here's, how, here's what he had to say on his 30-minute or so cameo. <laughs> It's been a while since we've seen you on the pitch. Obviously, you must be frustrated, but on a personal level, can you be positive about that? Yeah, it's nice to be back, you know, and uh, obviously it's been a while, so just got to wait your time. You know, the lads have been doing really well, and uh, especially in the league, so you just, one of them things, you just got to work even harder in training and stuff and keep doing all the right things, and obviously when you're called upon, you've got to be ready. So, yeah, like I said, it's nice to be back, and, back on the pitch and playing in front of the fans, yeah. Shame about the result at the end, but uh, obviously the replay, and Hopefully we can go and beat them in their place. I mean, did everything in the second half. It was pretty much all loot, wasn't it? But you whipped for the post away and well, a VAR check after that. What did, what did you see of that? Did you make of that one? Uh, I was a bit too far to see. It obviously looks looked like a pen from where I was, but and then uh, obviously check it, you think you never know what's, what's going to happen with VAR these days. But got told in there it was a stonewall penalty, so can't understand why they didn't give it. But obviously, I don't know in that situation, but. Um, yeah, just just a, just the final the final piece of the jigsaw today. That the, the uh, I think the keeper played really well for them, didn't he? The uh, Baxter, he's a good keeper to be fair. Um, but now we just gotta gotta go again. Now I think Friday's the next game, so big massive game against Burnley, you know. So um, we'll go up there. We obviously need to win that because it's a massive game, and then obviously we'll focus on the bottom game after that. And for you, obviously, you had that. Nasty injury just in the last game of pre-season. That to sit out uh, a lot of the season must have been frustrating for you because you know we've just gone past New Year and everybody's looking back on the 2023 and you're in, instrumental in that because you scored at Wembley and everybody's seeing all that. But it's been a, been a strange yeah. old season. Yeah, it's one of them. You know, it's it's nice to be back in the Premier League and obviously, but sorry, not back in the Premier League. Nice to be in the Premier League, um, especially after everything happened last year in the Championship. But it's football, you know. It was good in the time. Um, but you just got to move on and I've been back fit for a while now it's just obviously buying my time and waiting for the manager to call upon me again so uh, hopefully not be too long in the league and can get a few Premier League games on your belt and help the team as much as I can and I suppose you'd want to run in the FA Cup as well because oh, you might get more chances there as well yeah of course yeah we said we said before before this game this week we, we want to have a good cup run you know he's I think there's a lot of big teams playing each other so it's, uh, it's a good chance to get far in the league but don't know what it is about the cup. I think it's um, it's a bit of a good one. As I think every every cup game we've played since, especially since Rob's come in. So, um, but hopefully we uh, we can play right next week against them, you know, and and get through and hopefully get get a big team. It's a tough one as well because they're in good form, aren't they? And going to their place is not going to be an easy one, just like one today. No, no, we knew we knew it would be a tough game. You know, I mean, I know the league one, but we they're a very good side. They're a top of the league for a re- top up the top of the league for a reason. Got a good manager and um, plays plays some nice football and 
know a couple of their players really well, you know. So uh, we knew it was going to be a tough game and every game in the FA Cup or any of the Cups are a tough game, you know. So uh, we, we we took it. We uh, we prepared well. We prepared right. We gave them the respect they deserve. So uh, obviously credit to them. They put, put up a good fight with us today. So uh, we just got to go again, like I said. Yeah, always good to chat to Clicker. He always gives a, an honest appraisal of everything that's going on and uh, always lots of time for the podcast as well. So we really appreciate that. Um, you're right, really, with what you said before we uh, heard from Jordan Clark. It was a different outlook, wasn't it? Luton of, you know, average 35-ish percent of possession all season long. And suddenly we have a team that are happy to not so much park the bus, but certainly get plenty of men behind the ball. And we've got to find a way to pick them apart. And I mean, it was way too slow in the first half, obviously, but in the second half, it was a lot quicker and we got through a few times and goalkeeper got worked post and everything else. But it was an interesting sort of different dynamic really. And um, we're probably not going to have to do it too many times in the Premier League, but there are still teams like Sheffield United to come to Kenilworth Road, maybe even Notts Forest or a few teams that like to play on the counter-attack. So it might come again. So maybe that's a test that down the line will have benefited from. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, um, if this tie perhaps came in a, a month where there's a bit more action than there is, then maybe the lineup's different and maybe Jordan does play more uh, more of a, um, more minutes anyway. And, um, you know, he's, no, he's never let Luton down wherever he's played. And he's played bloody everywhere other than goal, hasn't he? So... Um, but it was just his, his touch was spot on. It wasn't loose like he hadn't played for a long time. I mean, he hadn't played since when? A month or so, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was a month. Yeah. Same sort of a few days shy of a month. Came on at Old Trafford, didn't he? But yeah. I can't remember if he's played since. Yeah, it was a few days shy of a month and, um, it didn't look like he had been out of action for that long. It's quite, um, you know, <laughs> It's wrong to say influential in the sense that suddenly Luton were cracking open the nut, so to speak, but um, he was probing and that's something that wasn't really there before him. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's um, fair enough. Um, Rob's assessment of the game, let's get that to you because afterwards we sent James along to his post-match press conference where one, well, for probably the first time all season, actually, very critical of the referee. Um, but he also reflected on the performance and what the draw will mean in terms of their plans for the next week or two. Yeah, I'm disappointed um, that we've not managed to get the job done today. Um, but the reality is we haven't. We've got to go again. So we'll we'll, we'll concentrate on what? Um, on a different schedule now, we were going to be off tomorrow and uh, we'd have a bit more time to plan for Burnley, but now we play Burnley away on, on Friday night. So that's just the reality and we've got to deal with it. I, I said it during the week, didn't I? I respect the competition hugely. It's a competition I love and growing up watching and I want us to progress in. Um, respect Bolton Wonders and everything that Evo has done there and the job that they're doing at the moment now. We knew we need to pick... Um, I genuinely feel whatever team I would have picked is, is strong and is capable of winning the game anyway. But yeah, I felt we picked the team that was good enough to win the game today. I thought um, we started the game the first six, seven minutes very, very well. And then I thought we just dropped our intensity a little bit in that first half. A few reminders at half time. I thought we upped it again. And I thought we were the dominant team in the second half. Just couldn't find a way to get the ball over the line. Um, 
you know, a couple of saves, a couple of nearly moments, hit the woodwork. And I just think the big decision today was the decision on Alfie. You know, it was an Alfie, it was a penalty on Alfie Doughty. And I never moan about decisions going against us, but I'm not sure what what VAR was thinking there really with that one. I think Andrew Madley should have been told to go to the screen and have a little look at it. I think that was a big mistake, but um, credit to Bolton. Um, you know, they've they've got a result and um, yeah, we go and do it again. Yeah, there's a clash of knees and he's gone there. If he, if the contact doesn't happen, Alfie's round him and then he's cutting in into a really dangerous position in the box. So yeah, it was a pen. I thought we there was a little bit of a lethargy in that first half. We wanted the, the message all week and what we wanted to do was try and play with the tempo and the intensity that we played in the second half and especially that, you know, the, the second half against Chelsea. Um, that was the idea. That was the plan. That was that was the message. It didn't quite pan out that way. We'll credit Bolton for that as well because we're still playing against 11 people who are trying to stop us doing what we're doing as well. Um, they, you know, they had real energy and they had, um, you know, they were able to sort of match it in that first half. I thought, we'd broken it in the second half. I thought we, you know, we started on the front foot, we started aggressively and the game was pretty much, you know, in their half. Um, but yeah, couldn't find a way to get the ball over the line. I just saw the last action of the, almost of the game sort of summed it up as well, where, you know, Corley goes up ahead and drops down to Cho and Eli and they almost leave it to each other and it's maybe a bit of an open goal there, but okay. it wasn't me today. The, the, the main thing is I didn't want to go out, you know, I want us to progress. So we're not out of the hat, we're not out of the draw. Um, but yeah, we've got to go and got to go and do it in a bit more of a difficult way, and it will be a tough game away at their place. Yeah, honest from Rob. Can't really um, fault him on an awful lot. I don't know what it is. It's just coincidence, isn't it? This cup record under him is nothing to it. It's just you know we haven't won the game. Um, we live to fight another day. Main thing is we're not out of the competition because this is a competition, James, and we've seen the draw for the fourth round now. I mean, obviously, four Premier League teams had to go out. In the third round, they've gone out, or they will go out, sorry, after the replays. you still got three more Premier League teams with the Man United result uh, being played as we're um, recording this podcast. We've got three other Premier League teams that are in banana skinny kind of replays, ourselves being one of them. But let's say we don't go out and two do. That's six Premier League teams gone. The next round's now got four all Premier League ties. All of a sudden, you if you can get to the fifth round, half the Premier League have long gone probably going to be one or two more that go just naturally with cup upsets. All of a sudden you could be in the last 16 of the FA Cup with only half the Premier, half of them Premier League teams. And then you're getting into the situation where a Wigan, dare I say it that lot, down the road or whatever else, surprise everyone and get through to the final. Well, yeah. And then, then the romance of the cup kicks in. It's just that it's not going to be there with all due respect for the likes of Bolton. And we've talked about this um numerous times this season uh, with the shoe on the other foot in terms of uh, rival supporters, particularly at their places, not being particularly vocal when Luton come because they don't see it as a big game. And it's the same when Bolton come to Luton and Luton don't see it as a big game, but it's their big day out. They bring 1,600 people and they make a hell of a racket. One of the noisiest um, they've been to fair play to um, the Bolton fans. Um. You know, and they 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 see it as they're doing well in the league, but a competition. If they can take a scalp of a Premier League team, it works wonders for confidence. Not that they don't have the confidence, but yeah, it's not until you get to the latter stages really for the likes of Luton. Um, and I don't say that with any big headedness. It's just 
that's the world we're in now. Um, but you get to those stages and then suddenly the old stories about Scotty Oates come out and the reminiscing about that run and getting to the semi-final, you, you know, get to Wembley and we've had such a great time recently at Wembley and anything can happen. And then you start feeling it a bit more, but it, yeah, at two o'clock kickoff on a Sunday afternoon against Bolton. It wasn't, wasn't really there. And I, I did see, you know, a number of people like complaining about, new people in the ground and stuff like that. And that seemed a bit odd to me because power court's going to have 23,000 seats. You're going to have to get new people into Luton. And if now, not when, because they're in the Premier League, they're on, they've got all the world's eyes on them. This is the perfect time to get young Lutonians into their home team rather than what might have used to happen. And they support Man City because they win everything or whatever. Arsenal in days gone by, Man United in days gone by. This is the time when you've got to try and get them in. So, um, yeah, that that that's an odd one. But, you know, at the same time, it does contribute to an atmosphere where there's a lot of new people in the ground and they don't know it, but they will eventually once they get to it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of people saying touristy fans and I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure we're at that stage anymore where there's that many tourists coming to Luton as they probably would go to maybe the Emirates or Anfield or Old Trafford and stuff like that. But it, it did contribute to sort of a, a flat first half, really. Yeah, that talk needs to stop straight away. Um, we all had our first games that all got us hooked uh, on supporting this magnificent football club. Uh, I took my youngest niece yesterday. Um, she's only five. She came to the Gillingham Cup game. She came yesterday. She comes to the Cup games. One, because they're cheaper. And that's not because I'm a stingy bastard or anything like that. But the simple fact is... I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, I am that, but that's not just the reason. But the simple fact is a five-year-old girl going to football, she likes football, don't get me wrong, but the chances are she's not 100% going to be fixed on the game. So if I pay a pound for her to go and watch Luton against Bolton and she sits there and watches the telephone and Peppa Pig or whatever for the second half or whatever then that's fine. Whereas if you do it for a Premier League game and you've got to spend a better part of 15, 20 quid, then all of a sudden, and she sits there and watches on her phone, you kind of like want to wring her neck for figuratively again, not literally. So that's one of the reasons. And also, you can't get tickets for Premier League games mm, at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Bloody hard to get them. You know, uh, even as a ticket holder for 35 years or more, I can only get a ticket for myself. Don't get me wrong, I don't want tickets for everyone anyway, but sort of in the championship, for example, if you wanted to take your mate, you'd have no problem getting a ticket. You can't do that in the Premier League. And it's absolutely right that the loyal fans get the tickets. I'm by no means digging out the ticket office or anything like that. It's just how it is. So if people can only get tickets for a cup game, then crack on, go get tickets for a cup game. Where I would be disappointed in terms of supporters and everything else is if, it's been such a struggle to get tickets and things like that. If we only take five or 600 to Burnley on Friday night. Now, yeah, I know it's short notice and everything that's been moved, but that's an ultimately much bigger game than what Bolton is at home in the cup. So I'd much rather people who can go to Bolton and can afford, sorry, can go to Burnley and can afford to do so go to that game as opposed to this one. But no, you're not going to get no criticism of who goes and where and when they go or anything from me. As I say, my five-year-old got back in the car after the game, absolutely frozen solid, wants to know when she can go again. Well, so, not for a while because we've been drawn away in the next <laughs> round of the cup, but, you know, she's, she wants to go again. And 
she just watched a nil-nil draw. <laughs> Let's be honest, she should watch a shit game of football. Yeah. And she wants to go again. Why does she want to go again? Because she liked the the few chants that were sung. She liked seeing the players. Obviously, it helped her. Her mum brought her a hot dog and a drink and everything else, like we all did on our first game. And it was just big and exciting, wasn't it? You're in amongst a load of people. It's just that thing that kind of gets you excited. And I'll take Bethany again. Absolutely no problem. Again, it'll probably be a certain cup games because they're easier to get tickets for but yeah don't criticize the reason why these kids tickets are so cheap for these cup games is because we want the future of Luton Town to come through don't ever criticize that the future of the club always has to be protected yeah absolutely and um, I mean I, I didn't I didn't notice anything where I was sat but a lot of people saying there were a lot of younger faces and surely that's a good thing I mean it's it's got to be I mean we're all getting, none of us are getting any younger, are we? So we need the next generation to come through. And, and this is perfect, perfect time, a perfect breeding ground for young fans to, to, to get into their hometown. It's, it, the it, biggest legacy of 2020 is the amount of Luton fans, sorry, Luton shirts you see being worn around our town now. Mm. Before 2020, you couldn't move for Man United shirts. I mean, I'm a, I, I went to school in the sort of mid-90s when I was just starting up a school. I couldn't, I couldn't find another Luton fan in my school, you know, in my year or anything. I, I exaggerate, there were a few, but we were massively outnumbered by Man United fans, Chelsea fans, and the like. And that's all you would see walking around town: kids in Man United, Chelsea shirts. Now you can't walk around town and not see a kid in a Luton shirt, and that is the best thing 2020 have done, regardless of what they've done on the pitch and what they're still doing, to safeguard and encourage our future. Is much more important than anything because this football club will be here long before me, you and everyone watching will be gone. Mm. And these kids and their kids need a club to support and um, we should encourage them to support it, not not criticise and ridicule it. No, you, no you're right. I mean, I mean, the, the, Luton have got their own shop in town now, which is a, a good thing. But I, I did pop in in the summer to try and get some shorts from the... Shop, sports shop in the Arndale, whatever it's called. <laughs> now, not a point, sin- isn't it? I don't know what it's called. Yeah. There wasn't a single um, any Luton memorabilia there whatsoever, which was strange. But you know, if if it all goes to the, if everybody has to go to the club shop, uh, more the better. If it, if it goes to the, goes direct to Luton rather than just um, whether Mike Ashley's the owner of that shop or not, I have no idea. It's been a long time since I've been in the sports shop. Been a long time since I've been in the Arndale or um, whatever uh, it is now called. Um, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah, so reward for the winners of the replay, which will be one night next week. We don't yet know which night that will be, but whatever night it is, the reward is a trip to Crystal Palace or Everton. It's not, you know, as we've alluded to, it's not magical, but it's a winnable game. Were we to get through this replay, and uh, then you're into the last. Should you win that as well, you're into the last sixteen of the FA Cup. I mean, the one thing you've got to say about the FA Cup, obviously it didn't influence the fixtures on Saturday. We'd have had a week off for when the replay is anyway, and there's no fixture scheduled on fourth round day. So it's not knocking any fixtures out. And the fifth round, should we get to the fifth round, is uh, the Wednesday after the currently scheduled Liverpool away game. Liverpool are probably going to be in the Carabao Cup final, so that's going to get moved as well. So even that falls in a good spot. And then by the time you get to the quarterfinals, well, who cares what fixtures it clashes with anyway You're in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup? So it's not a bad draw. It's just you always want to be at home, really, didn't you? You do. I mean, hopefully, if 
Luton can beat Bolton. You've got to say that they've got to beat Bolton first at their place and they're going to be massively up for that. So <clears throat> that's um, a different prospect as well. But if you can get through that, then I guess you want Palace to beat Everton. So it's not too far a journey. <laughs> Would that be fair? Yeah, probably. Although the actual travelling time, probably not a great deal of difference by the time you've worked your way around London to get to Crystal Palace. One thing I would say, I was stupid enough to put that first game, Crystal Palace and Everton on my telly box on Thursday night. And if you thought Luton against Bolton was bad, that one held your beer and some. It was absolutely diabolically bad. Only woken up by the VAR. I don't know, nonsensically sending Dominic Calvert-Lewin off for one of the best tackles that you're going to see all season. And uh, I mean, I'm not criticising, he's going to miss three games and obviously Everton are one point above Luton in the Premier League, so crack on, gents. But that was a bad game. I mean, if, if, if the winners of the two ties produce a game as bad as the two ties that they were involved in in the third round, no one wants to go to that game. Trust me, it was it was that bad. But yeah, I mean, Palace away. I suppose ticket-wise, you'd get more at Goodison, wouldn't you? But yeah, don't not really sure you want to go to Liverpool three times in a season, do you? It's uh... yeah, you know, maybe, maybe not. We've got to get there first. We um, we've got to get through it. But um, yeah, I think they'll probably stick with the same sort of strong side, really, considering the the lack of fixtures there are in this month compared to the last month, really, and. Um, yeah, there's every chance you can you can get through it, but you just have to get through this round, get through the next round, then maybe the cup opens up a little bit more and it starts to become a bit more exciting. But um, yeah, well, it, it you know it didn't turn out to be a magical cup day, but um, you know, not out of it. We're in the hat, even though the hat's never used. It's a bowl or a dish <laughs> or something. I don't even know we invented this in the hat malarkey. I've never seen the balls drawn out of a hat. It's what they should do. Should get a woolly hat. Stick the balls in there and pull them, pull them out of it or um, something like that. But no, we are in the hat. You're right. Been plenty of memories in FA Cups past at, for Luton Town. Don't think many of us are going to remember Sunday too long. And if you do, you probably need to get a bit more of a life because it was uh, pretty hard watching. And that's even allowing for the fact that it was freezing cold at the time as well. That is it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks very much to everyone who's commented on the podcast recently and indeed everyone who came up to me uh, on Sunday and let me know how much you're enjoying the podcast. Please do keep doing that because uh, my sister hates the fact that I'm a mini celebrity when I go to these games now. I don't see myself as that, but she likes to get to the seat straight away and anyone who stops me and stops us from doing that is uh, gets on her nerves as much as anything. So that's always uh, a good thing. Um, thanks to everyone who subscribed since the last podcast. We're up to 925 subscribers now. Yep. We would love to get to a thousand. Well, ideally before that fourth round tie, if indeed we do have a fourth round tie, but before the Brighton game at the end of the month, that'd be fantastic. We have got a huge giveaway lined up when we get to a thousand subscribers. So if you haven't yet subscribed, please do so. These fixtures are all going ask about face again. So we're going to be delivering these podcasts here, there and everywhere. So you'll find out exactly when they drop if you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
Thanks to James for joining me on reflecting on a game that we didn't really want to reflect on because it was bad enough to watch the first time round, but we hope we've done it some justice. Thanks very much to the Hightown Club for staging the podcast and our set and everything as always, to Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for our intro music and to Ed Smith Creative for all the designs that you see on set. You've been watching the longest running Luton Town podcast, the only one to go from League Two to the Premier League and our next episode will be a Premier League preview of the Burnley away game. Until then, though, come on, you hatters. It's got this massive soul. We're Luton people.